Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR855AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in and acknowledge that all the lands on this continent and surrounding islands were stolen and never ceded. I'm Sally Goldner. I use the pronouns she, her. I'm your host for the hour from noon through one, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, the show that is out of the pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And I've got a wonderful guest with whom I'll introduce in a second. Um, but um, on to, if you want to get in touch with the show, there's always all the modern means of communication to do it. Out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456751215, tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for posts on Facebook, my page Sally Goldner AM, and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions on the program are, are those of my own personally and not necessarily connected or um, even connected at all to organisations with which I've been involved past or currently involved. Um, don't think there'd be too many content warnings today, um, but if we do have any minor or major ones, we'll let you know. Um, and I've got to say one thing which I've been meaning to say for a few weeks, um, forgetting in with a, a, a welter of great guests, um, is that 3CR reached its Radiothon target and um, that's a huge thing. We know that our listeners are not always mega well off and um, there's lots of generous contributors out there who have been a part of that. And I think it's fair to say that by um, happy um, total in the moment sort of coincidental serendipity, my guest on the show and the organisations with she's involved, she is an absolute um, you know um, sort of um, long-standing um, voice on air as a guest on 3CR and maybe in other capacities as well, um, part of Radical Women. And um, it's wonderful to have on the show today to discuss some issues that concern reproductive rights but could have some great campaigning implications elsewhere in light of the ongoing, um, we'll say, situation, to keep it neutral, to start with, with the religious so-called discrimination bill. Debbie Brennan, I think we can say welcome back once again to the 3CR Airwaves. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. It's certainly great to be back. It is always good to have you and your long-standing um, partner in social justice and or Alison Thorne on, on the program. Um, important things to ask, just to be sure. Can I ask if it's okay to ask which pronouns you use, if any? Yes, um, I use the pronoun, pronouns she, her. And the question that is most important, so I've saved it till last, um, which Aboriginal land or lands are you on coming in from today via the, the Zoom waves, as we'll call them? I'm on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Good to have you with us from there. And again, welcome to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people tuning in or any First Nations people, could be anywhere in the world, um, which is... Um, you know, um, in this day and age of technology. But that's actually a good lead into why I um, wanted to have you on the show today because you've got an event coming up where events took place, if I have it, you know, if we have it right, in America that could have some very helpful relevance for those campaigning for various forms of social justice in Australia. And you've got 
your own event coming up to discuss those in great detail next Sunday the 7th at 4pm Australian Eastern. But um, tell us about um, um, what sort of um, about the sort of um, history that has um, we wanted to talk about. Okay, well, first of all, um, I think the title of the event sort of gives a a good idea of all of this, and um, the title of it is "Fire Up to Beat the Religious Freedom Bill," inspired by global fights for reproductive justice. So, what? we are looking at and um, firing up here is the fact that um, abortion rights, but not just abortion rights, reproductive rights generally for everyone are very much under fire globally, not Mm -hmm. just in Australia. So we have been watching some massive um, global battles over abortion rights, which, of course, is tied to all other forms of reproductive rights. Mm -hmm. And um, recently, Radical Women in the United States um, held a a, a fascinating, very inspiring um, online forum that involved... um, reproductive rights warriors from Ireland, Argentina, as well as the United States. Um, Listeners might be aware of um, how much it took for Ireland to finally Mm -hmm. win abortion rights against um, just massive powers, Um, but also in Argentina, That was another absolutely long, long, um, uh, hard-fought fight, which they won as well. Nevertheless, we realize that when you win these such a right Mm -hmm. as to abortion um, against such enormous powers that are fighting tooth and nail against you, you don't get everything you want. But the point is that um, what they succeeded in doing in Ireland and in Argentina was to absolutely bust a huge hole in, in that, in that brick wall. Um, in the United States, again, listeners probably know that, um, the national right, um, to abortion that women have had since 1973 is under very, very great threat. Um, Mm. In fact, uh, just from this early this month, the Supreme Court over there um, started hearing a case coming from Mississippi. The point of that case is to judge whether or not to revoke that national right for women to have abortions. So, um, of course, the Supreme Court is stacked now with um, uh, a majority of hardline, far-right conservatives. So that's why this is such a uh, a momentous time and such a historic fight to have. It's expected that the Supreme Court uh, will be, well, they won't be saying anything about about it till, till next year, 
but the fight is well and truly on. So at this online forum that Radical Women held um, in late August, we had speakers from Ireland and from Argentina and the United States uh, pooling together uh, uh, mm -hmm. the experience of, of fighting from the ground. And um, what we're going to be hearing next Sunday, the 7th of November from 4 o'clock, is we're going to be um, seeing a recording of those presentations because we can learn a lot from them. Um, here, the threat to abortion rights and reproductive rights in general are kept under the radar. Um, it's not really on our mind very much, but um, it's very much there. Like even with or without this so-called religious freedom bill, um, women's access to abortion uh, has become more and more limited. For example, Marie Stopes, which is the, 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 the largest abortion provider in the country, just had to close its clinics oh. for, for financial reasons. So, right. um, and I must say, when we talk about abortion rights or reproductive rights in general, we must be including trans and non-binary people in Thank all you. of this, as well as women with, um, uh, with disabilities, because these are important, you know, groups of people who are left out of the picture, but um, whose, you know, reproductive rights are just as front and center as anybody else's yeah. so that's that's just needs to be understood that this is what we're talking about we're talking about the entire breadth of everybody who is who has every right to re full reproductive freedom yeah bodily autonomy which is big issues for trans and gender diverse and there's actually a, um, <clears throat> something i saw um online and it's in today's age about um, you know, the rights for trans children, which is not quite the same, but ball, one or two ballparks across. And trans people have a right, of course, to be themselves. And, of course, all sorts of people, regardless of gender identity, um, need to have their reproductive rights protected. So it's a great linkage. You know, I just wanted to clarify one point. Um, apart from the Helen Stokes Clinic closing, um, I just wanted to get a little more detail on where the Australian attack on Australian abortion and reproductive rights, or that shall rephrase that, reproductive including abortion rights, where things might be going backwards. Just that under the radar words, what else is going on um, just before we move to the next part of our conversation? Yeah, thanks for asking that, Sally. Um, well, for example, um, women in rural areas have actually very um, limited access uh -huh. uh, to abortion and um, general reproductive rights, but particularly abortion. Um, this has to do partly with uh, any services that once would have existed no longer existing. Um, for, exa for example, up on the border of Victoria, New South Wales, uh, in Albury, there was a clinic there that had to close some time ago. Um, so 
it's it's um, that that dearth of um, of services in rural areas, but also um, just the cost because it means that women need to from rural areas need mm. to come to the to the city uh, and everything that that means. They have yep. to stay there and so on and so forth. The other part of it too is that it's expensive. You know, I mean, um, to have a termination where, you know, if we're sort of looking at that at the moment, um, it, it gets more and more expensive the more you are into your pregnancy. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's prohibitive. It's prohibitive for so, so many women, especially, um, you know, young women and non um, young non-binary people, um, but also just who are just simply poor. So um, while we legally have abortion rights, um, they're they're kind of well, they're 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 limited with other barriers, unseen barriers, unseen until you go through this situation yourself. Mm. So that that's that's what those are but also just to add to that and i guess this brings us to the so-called religious freedom bill which is that um organizations have been exempted from anti-discrimination law mm. on just about every single front and this includes you know um reproductive um health including abortion so um you know, any anybody fronting up to a um, an abortion provider, well, sorry, to to a doctor, I should say, um, could be turned away, even though the Victorian law says that they can't turn someone away. They have to refer them to someone else. But yes, so there are those exemptions to deal with as well. Yeah, certainly existing in most jurisdictions in Australia, although um, Tasmania has the least religious exemptions from anti-discrimination law anywhere in the country. And let's have a nice gentle southerly, southerly breeze blow across the um, Bass Strait. Um, yes. But it also raises a point that the you know the, some the religious discrimination bills that have been proposed up until now would where would override any state anti-discrimination law protections exemptions. And we can, you know, progress on that area as well, um, which, you know, is an issue. So there's lots to be, you know, from what we've seen in the past to be concerned about. And I wanted to talk about that and then how that how that links in the whole religious discrimination bill. And yes, um, LGBTIQA plus people, women, people with disabilities, um, you know, reproductive rights. There's many, many groups affected. That's only the... You know, the sort of the, the tip of it all, um, but it really affects um, if the federal laws override state and are weaker, then in most cases that's going to take away a lot of the basic structure of anti-discrimination laws. One that comes to mind is you know, the precedent, the, the sorry, a principle of every equal opportunity law in Australia, whether it's in an act or not, to quote section 10 of the Victorian law, motive is irrelevant. So people can't do horrible things and then say, oh, but it didn't mean it to be nasty and then just walk away. So there's a lot of things to be concerned about for lots of people. So in that light, how can the reproductive rights fight 
that is going on in America that you heard about and you've got the event at 4pm Australian Daylight Savings Time next Sunday, um, the 7th, how can that link in to what we need to do here to make sure that our rights are not pushed backwards? Absolutely. Um, Well, what came out of that um, forum that I referred to before uh, was a massive national mobilization um, Uh across the United States that... um, uh, well, radical women uh, initiated, and uh, it was really quite exciting to watch. October third was the day set mm-hmm. for um, that national mobilization because that was um, the anniversary of the death of Rosie Jimenez, the first woman um, in the United States to die from. Uh, a backyard abortion due to the government there withdrawing federal funding for abortion. She died in 1977. So it was partly in commemoration of Rosie Jimenez, but it was also the day before the Supreme Court was going to be uh, starting its hearing of that of that Mississippi law. So what came out of that that national mobilization, it, um, it was so many organizations coming together to endorse and to organize um, all sorts of actions that day. Unions came on board, um, other feminist organizations, um, uh, immigrant groups, um, LGBTIQ, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in, various different ways, depending on, you know, where they were, um, worked together to do various actions. So the actions were spreading from Naperville, Illinois, to Lexington, Kentucky, to Phoenix, Arizona, to, you know, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and so on. And um, those actions were anything from um, a a, a protest, um, a rally, to a vigil, to a letter writing, you know, campaign, depending on what the resources were of the people who were were running it. So it was really quite exciting to see um, this coming together of um, so many parts of the movements. Um, It was a multi-issue. It was taken on as a multi-issue issue, a multi-issue fight. And um, and it didn't stop on October 3rd, because uh, when something like that just explodes um, onto the scene for a day, it doesn't stop. And um, I know that what's going on over there now is that um, all of these organizations that came together and I really emphasize the importance of unions who came in on it as well. All of those who came together are now mapping out what are they going to do in the next several months because this is going to be going on for absolute months. Watch January 22nd this next year, which is, of course, the um, the anniversary of Roe versus, the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision of 1973. So things are hopping over there, and I think that that's what we can be learning over here, um, as as well as we learned from the fight in Ireland and Argentina. It's um, 
lessons being learned are to to just um, just pull out all stops, um, be out there. Don't let a pandemic stop you because it certainly didn't stop anybody in Ireland, Argentina, or the United States. Um, <clears throat> and we, uh, it's it's time that we 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 coalesce these movements anyway. This could be one of those things. There are other issues that we should be coalescing around too. This is hardly the only one, but this religious freedom bill uh, that that we have to gear up for is definitely something that requires a united front. Oh, absolutely. It sets back a lot of people. Um, And I'm glad you mentioned unions. 3CR has, of course, a proud um, history of um, connection to the trade union movement. And I think there's implications there that, I mean, for example, I mean, this the thing that I've always been bothered by the, the, I'll call it again, the religious discrimination, so-called religious discrimination bill in its previous forms. Let's say in a workplace, person of religion A says to person of religion, including belief in no religion at all, person B, your religion's stupid. And then B says to A, no, yours is stupid. Who's discriminating against whom? Um, it just seems absolutely unworkable. And that's going to make for workplace health and safety issues for for workers. So it's not going to make the workplace any better, easier, more productive. Is just one example, a little facetious as it might appear. But of course, then, as we said, we've got all these um, you know, groups of intersectional people who are going to be affected. And it's just um, you know, hugely problematic. And so you're right, we do need to connect, make sure that we're, you know, sort of, um, you know, working together. Obviously, you can have different perspectives within a broad framework, and that's important. The more we can get, the better, um, and can overcome this. Um, so it is really, really important that people are involved. Um, any other thoughts on the um, responding to that, but also any other thoughts that you have about the whole um, situation, um, Debbie? Yeah. Um, you know, when you mention the workplace, um, I can imagine a whole lot of problems um, besides the one that you mentioned, such as what if an employer um, doesn't like um, mm. trans people or doesn't like um, uh, uppity women or doesn't like Muslims um, what if an anti-union worker who doesn't want to join a union decides that just by a union delegate coming up to say, do you want to join the union? That, that person could say, um, that, per- that, that delegate has offended my, my religious commitment to join a union, it can get to that point. And I don't think that anything, which it may sound absurd, um, such absurdities can become realities. Um, Or just the hiring and firing of people. An employer can claim, you know, that that moral principle um, that such and such a person as far as the employer is concerned, doesn't fit in that workplace. So I really, I, I really fear, fear for workers' rights um, 
on many levels mm. um, if this bill actually wins. Well, we're just going to make sure that it doesn't. But that's that's the workplace. But we can extend that to just any aspect of life, you know, like, mm. um, you know, what if you go in? What what if what if you're uh, a woman who goes into a pharmacy and needs the morning after pill? Mm-hmm. You know, what if the pharmacist just won't give it to you? Um, what if a uh, what if a a young woman goes to a doctor and uh, either wants well wants the contraceptive pill? Um, the doctor says not you're too young for this. Um, I, and, and so on. What if any, any of us, whoever we may be, whatever our particular situation is, can imagine any situation that we would be facing, um, if this were to go through? Well, very, very true. And a couple of other scenarios that have been touted, a trans person who's um, now that let's use a, a current example, they're suddenly now able to go traveling. Oh, I've got to get a hormone prescription going to a pharmacy that they don't normally go to. Now, my religious belief says can't serve you. What happens there? What happens in a workplace that, let's say, wants to be, I'll say, LGBTI friendly? They hire carefully. The person says, yes, I support LGBTI people. And then 18 months or whatever into their tenure, they suddenly find religion. How do you get rid of them if they don't support the organization's values? You know, they can't stay there and disrupt everyone's work. It just, it just seems like, and as much as I hate using a military analogy, the, the far right, the conservative Christian right, um, and those sorts of people just seem to be intent on throwing landmines into the path of progress. So we have to make sure that we, you know, sort of, you know, stop their landmines landing on us. Um, and so this is just one part of it um, that seem, you know, is the go. And I suppose there is one other question that's come to mind. It's been disconcerting for me that the Australian Labor Party, um, which in the current parliament, we'll say, um, you know, has not, they haven't, um, you know, their, their opposition to such a bill and any dangerous provisions therein would be critical, yet they seem very, very quiet on this. That's just something that's, you know, I find very, very, anxiety provoking and so there's another angle in there as well you know um i think that that's a a terribly uh important point and um that kind of links to something that was going through my mind when you were um talking earlier sally that um if we only need to look at the united states and we can look elsewhere as well but well I'm more familiar with what's going on in the United States in terms of the, um, uh, what is it, the absolute impunity that the far right has, um, where they, and that's where this bill that we're facing here comes from. There's a buildup of a um, an organized far right that, um, is just going to go as far as it can go. It takes um, encouragement from what's going on, say, in the United States and what the you know far right has been able to do there within the laws, or within the, the halls of legislatures. And um, that when we think 
of when we come up with examples of um, that sound absurd to us, that the uh, the impunity of being able to assert that kind of bigotry comes from a confidence that the far right has. Now, it's linked to what you were just asking about the um, the Labour Party, I think, because um, the Labour Party, we have seen all through just the whole thing of marriage equality, mm. going way back to the days of, you know, Howard and everything, um, just sitting on their hands because they do not want to upset um what they think is a status quo, which they're making into a status quo, which is that um, that religious bigotry. And they will not upset that religious bigotry. Um, it's, it's, it is absolutely, I don't know what the word is for it besides unconscionable, but it's just absolutely telling. I'll, I'm sure our listeners can think of other words. I won't repeat them on air. Um, I'll be nice. Um, but seriously, we do That's need to pressure. To <laughs> we do need to pressure the ALP um, and make sure at least that they refer any bill to a Senate inquiry so, um, that is open and transparent so it can be scrutinised um, and make sure that that happens. And I think that should happen regardless of what people think of the bill, it has to be carefully scrutinised because it's a major piece of legislation. So that's one step, but also get them, <clears throat> you know, keep building the pressure on them to outright oppose it and make sure that this phony culture war doesn't become an election issue, which of course could happen. Um, well, now we're within about nine months or so, give or take of it happening. So there's lots people can do. They can, you know, um, put the pressure on the ALP, they can get involved and connect with grassroots movements such as yours. And, of course, they can find out more detail on what they can do. Let's get those event details once again. Um, if, we've got it, if we've got everything covered, let's um, get those details on how people can attend at 4 p.m. next Sunday online. Absolutely. Well, this is how people can attend. Um, they can, if they're on Facebook, um, go to Radical Women's Facebook uh, that is Radical Women Australia. Um, if they don't have access to um, Facebook, just email us, and I'll give our email address. Mm -hmm. It's rw.aus, or Australia, AUS, yep. at radicalwomenoneword.org. So that's rw.aus at radicalwomen.org and they're um, in for a treat because they're going to be hearing some very, very inspiring presentations coming from Ireland, Argentina, the United States, as I said, but we'll be speaking as well, um, uh, addressing all of that in relation to firing up to the for the fight against the religious freedom bill. And what's really um, important about this online um, meeting is that this is for everyone to bring their ideas because this is about firing up, mm. ready for a fight against that religious freedom bill, which I think is still expected to be tabled in December, although I don't think we've 
heard anything concrete, but it's coming, it's on the way. And while I, I first, I wanna give kudos to the LGBTIQ plus community for having led the fight against this so far, but um, it's got to be all of everybody in on it. it. And again, as we said before, the union movement has to come in on this big time. Yep. Well, absolutely. We need every idea, every milligram of strength we can to make sure that this doesn't send us backwards. Um, one of our um, awesome listeners, which is, of course, um, th- all 3CR listeners are awesome, um, um, has said, I really hope we don't emulate those American values here. We are Australian and still call out extremely far-right groups. Um, yep, we need to do more than call them out. We need to make sure they don't get any further. And also yeah, said health Health professionals must abide by the Hippocratic Oath, unlike small business owners, so I hope that most will do that. Um, And a good example, and I think this is an example that says we can do it, Um, American Senator Ted Cruz was called out by a politician here over um, some of his stupid comments over COVID. So um, I think that shows that Australians are still willing to you know, sort of, um, well, he's as, he's as um, crude as I get. Um, Australians have an ability to see through bullshit. And I think that that's an, a, 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 a characteristic we can use in this fight, Debbie. Yes, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you before. That's right. I, I just wanted to, um, in, in terms of uh, American values, um, actually, these mm. aren't uniquely American. It's... Um, we're living in a capitalist society, which is very binary, very sexist, as well as racist and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the far right is a movement that has been able to build up steam in this capitalist society that we've got. So um, that and it's the capitalist patriarchal nuclear family that um those values that that we're up against and it's a it's a global it's a global fight and it's certainly well and truly a fight to be had here yep no it's um it's a society that um you know capitalism you know just often doesn't really um treat people with kindness and in any and or in an inclusive way so we need to make sure that um, we fight this, um, you know, sort of bill that just really does not add value to human dignity. Debbie, um, if we've got everything covered, I'll leave it there and let you get back to your sunny Sunday in Melbourne um, on these on these Coolin lands. Um, you know, sort of thank you so much for your time. Thank you to you and Radical Women for all your commitment to social justice, equality and equity. It's really, really appreciated the the longevity and quality of your efforts and I'm sure with you in there and firing us all up that we can give it the best shot um, to, you know, stop this bill in its, um, you know, before it even gets into the remote, well, turns the ignition on, let alone gets to first gear. Well, thank you to you, Sally, and to Out of the Pan. It was an absolute pleasure to be here. All right, just hang on a sec and I'll get some music rolling and we'll leave it there. So thanks to Debbie Brennan for um, her time on the show today. Um, Appropriately enough, here's the Tittus. Uh, We opened up today with the Angels Stand Up, which we need to do. 
and, well, regardless of gender, but given that the focus was on women's rights, let's have a listen to the titus and my sister beside me. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Where we mourn, we fight for freedom. We're strong, we fight for peace. We struggle every day to prove our worth. Where we mourn and we're proud to say what we are in ourselves. We've been hiding in the background far too long. With my sister beside me, I am strong, I am free. When she's with me, With my sister beside me, I am strong, I am free. She believes in me. They say united we stand, together we stand. Divided we fall. They don't understand what we are fighting for at all. We have the strength to overcome whatever comes our way. Stand up and be counted. Say what you have. Beside you. With my sister beside me, I am strong, I am free. She believes in me. We build our own changes, of that you can be sure. The time has come for you to come out from behind that door. Open your mind. With my sister beside I me, am strong, I am strong, I am free. With my sister free. beside me. The Environmental Film Festival Australia is back for 2021. This year's digital festival invites you to take a journey with a series of thought-provoking films documentaries and shorts. EFA 21 invites you to explore the world and connect with environmental issues beyond the headlines. Take a journey into the deepest seas, up awe-inspiring mountains and into the lives of those fighting to save our planet. Running from October 14 to November 14, visit effa.org.au for more. The Environmental Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. Listen to Rock and Roots, 2am till 6, every Sunday morning on 8.55am. Melbourne's Community Radio, 3CR. Maybe the colour, give me rock and shoes, I'm gonna rock away all my blues. We're rocking, we're rocking, we're rocking, rocking this joint tonight. See what it's all about. Gonna rock and roll, gonna jump and chow. We're rocking. 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 We're roc
Um, great to hear from Debbie. Um, always just someone so passionate, so dedicated, and um, you know has done so much to um, you know, sort of, um, as I said, call, um, for further social justice causes. Um, an incredible job there. Well, there has been lots of other queer news and news in general. Of course, um, here we are, um, somewhat more oot and a boot, as um, some people like to say. Um, you know, in terms of um, you know freedoms as of six pm Friday here in Melbourne, reunited with Victoria, and things being a bit busier. Take care on the roads. It's all, all that there will be, of course, some increase in um, traffic, and that's whether you're a ve- any vehicle or pedestrian or whatever. Just be a little be alert. Um, got to say it is wonderful, um, the wonderful and vitally needed cafe next to 3CR that supplied my coffee, packed with people um, um, appropriately, I want to say appropriately packed, I'd better say, um, following all the right directions, as they would. Um, so um, that's um, you know definitely a happening thing. Um, but good to be out and about and don't have to book for the pool anymore for me and things like that. Um, but yeah, all the same. Take care and respecting everyone's, you know, safe choices. Um, of course, lots of queer news going on, and um, you know, what, um, um, a piece that's come my way a couple of times that is in the Age, um, and it's sort of well, not quite in terms of freedom. Um, there's been a an apparent. I hadn't had time to fully digest this piece. But um, the psychiatrist, um, a piece in today's, um, well, as they're now called, nine newspapers, um, headline, and I'm going to say low-level content warning, possible transphobia, Psychiatrist College Stirs Up Debate on How to Treat Trans Kids by Caitlin Fitzsimons. Um, but um, it's also been very careful in its wording, um, acknowledges past harms to the trans community, um, but there's a lot of caveats, um, you know, sort of it says it moves away from endorsing a gender affirmative, affirmative approach, um, but it wants to practice evidence-based medicine. Well, there's a very simple way to practice evidence-based medicine with trans children, and that's put the interests of the child first. And overwhelmingly, um, when you look at all the evidence for trans children and adults for that matter, um, you know, that it's quite clear that you know, in 99% of cases, um, affirming someone's sense of gender identity is a good thing. All the research we have on what's called genuine regret is that it's a very low amount, um, you know, sort of less than 1%, um, you know, in my opinion. Um, so that's something that, um, you know, I think has to be said for a start. So what is, um, you know, the this position statement talks about multiple perspective and views, um, and there's been a lack of research. Well, I'd rec- um, um, I don't agree with that at all. There's been research now on this for well over 15, nearly 20 years on that. So that's certainly, um, you know, a little bit of a concern that the psychiatrists have come out with. This quotes um, A.J. Clementine, a trans woman and model, um, and you don't really need to get someone's approval to be yourself, surely. Um, so that's really, really import, um, important to note. And I think we'll have to take um, you know, um, some note of that. The other event during the week, which I'd certainly wanted to touch on, and thanks for the reminder from awesome listener Hoffler, Josh Cavallo is coming out as, well, a football player of the round ball code, um, being soccer or um, world game, as it's sometimes called. Um, uh, one of the first in the Australia, a very uh, possibly the first at an Australian high level, but 
Of course, we have to distinguish between football coats because while Ian Roberts has come out in Australian Rugby League, not aware of a high-level rugby union player, the gentleman's game, as it was called, which I'm not sure how that works for women's teams or for non-binary players, um, but of course, no one at high-level AFL. Now, let's just think through this a second. Um, let's keep the, the numbers around. Let's say if you take each of the 18 major AFL clubs lists and then allowing for the fact that they have to put in usual times um, two teams up of, I think it's, well, it'd be 23 players each now. Let's round the number up to 50. Multiplied by 18 is 900, um, we'll say, assigned male cis men, um, um, presumably. Um, and, you know, even if we look at 1%, there's nine of the current players. If it's the 10% that is often mooted for LGB, that's 90. Then that's only current players. And I just think that, you know, Hoffler's raised a really good point. Why are AFL players still being behind, AFL men's that is, um, in being able to come out? And what will it take for the organisation to support their elite players? I think that one thing that's come up quite reasonably, which people have been saying for years in terms of Josh coming out in soccer, is no one wants to be first here. Um, and there's going to be so much pressure on the first person to emerge um, and... Um, now, I think that surely, though, there's enough networking, let's say, that between AFL players that maybe a few of them could do it um, and you know, sort of plan it and make sure that things were lined up with support services for all the for people, bloody, 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 blah, and that way it would take the pressure off them. I don't think it's that hard. I mean, and you know, regardless of what speculation there's been over time and da 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 da, I've heard plenty of rooms, and I certainly wouldn't even hint at a name or a club or anything um, because that's not important. The thing is, why hasn't it happened? And it simply isn't good enough. And if there is um, stuff going on that's stopping it, well, it needs to get stopped. Now, I do want to distinguish AFL men's eyes. Of course, there's been lots of out lesbian and bisexual women in AFL women's, AFLW. Um, so I do want to make that distinction, but it really just really can't go on much longer than that. Well, since I did my um, Tom T. Hall special over on Rotations, which is now on 3CR's website, on the Rotations sub-website, um, the wonderful 3CR music coordinator Joe has been sending me lots of music of both binary kinds, country and western, um, but there could be some non-binary bluegrass as well if you like. So um, this track, there's been quite a few good ones um, to play. This one just really um, grabbed me when it came through during the week. High Beams by the Little Lord Street Band from over in Western Australia. Um, let's have a listen to this one um, as part of today's diverse pansexual music, Knowing No Boundaries of Genre, on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally.
3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR on demand out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon, cooking up a diverse pan um, with some um, music of um, both kinds, country and western from the west. Um, That's the um, band called the uh, Little Lord Street Band from Western Australia and the high beams coming over the hill in the rain. It's sort of a bit reminiscent, in my opinion, of the old um, Slim Dusty classic um, Lights on the Hill, but a much happier ending. Uh, didn't go tumbling down the mountainside or anything. Um, so, yes, drive safely um, and wherever you are in whatever weather. And once seriously, once again, particularly as we um, are back more on the roads here in Victoria. Um some late mail from Hoff, um, late message from Hoffler by the electronic means. Um, pleasure to be involved. Players are supposed to be role models for young kids. It's weird they aren't being encouraged by senior management in 2021. Well, that's a good point. I mean, you've had Basha Hooli, who um, you know retired from Richmond, as one example for people of Islamic faith. You've got people of African background, Marbel Chol said the biased, um, somewhat biased Richmond supporter, who's, of course, Marbell now gone to the Gold Coast, along with many others. Um, and, um, you know, sort of, there's all these things, but no out gay or bisexual male players in senior AFL, past or present. Um, and as um, Hoffler's also said, Josh received support from all sides of the media, including even Neil Mitchell. Um, what is it? Written, spoken and authorised in Rod Quantock's voice by Neil Mitchell. Seriously, you know, very positive. And maybe that's a good sign that, you know, sexuality in terms of 
gay, lesbian, bi, um, or lesbian, gay, bi, call it what you will, is, you know, sort of we're slowly and steadily moving in most of the right direction at the grassroots of society. Anyway, I've got to get out of here and make way for the awesome crew from Freedom of Species talking all things animal advocacy. Take it out today with Mia Dyson from... Um, um, parking lots and roll me out. Um, don't let cops and a cop and a judge and the mayor all conspire against you. And next week on the show, I'll have another wonderful guest talking about some trans and gender diverse art. Um, Sasha um, will be on the show um, joining me then. In the meantime, have a great week. Um, you know, sort of have some time out. Um, ignore the horse races. Um, it's cruel. And um, I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you on Out of the Pan next week. Yeah. Uh-huh.